0: Oh my god! Yo, what's up everybody, welcome to another Golden Moment. My name is Spencer Golanca, I'm the dreaded sports editor for this dreaded daily California newspaper and we have to talk about the dreaded Cal football team now. I have two of my lovely beat writers here. Uh, Shaylin and Josh you guys don't get to introduce yourselves this time because this is my moment Emily will be joining us later Uh, (laughs) uh, I got some nice gestures from Josh right now No uh, we are here to talk about Cal's 35 to nothing loss to the Utah to the Utes of Utah And, um, I, I, I say this every week, but I really do not know where to start right now because there are (laughs) so many things to cover so many things to talk about. Um, I think, yeah, Josh and Shalen, if you guys just want to, I mean, spend the next 10 minutes with trying to unpack what the hell happened, uh, Saturday night on national television. All right, Josh, you were there. You want to start?
1: Yeah, as a whole, um, Utah was Utah was fun. I mean, it, it was a cold environment. It was a blackout game. It had all the makings. Like, every every obstacle or, like, factor that could have been against Cal was against Cal. And just on paper, the matchup didn't didn't look favorable from the start. Um, you say the score is 35-0. It honestly could have been 7-0, 10-0, whatever. Like, Utah didn't, you know, Utah slowed the game down in the second half, but they could have kept, the you know, the gas pedal on because... Uh, The second quarter was really where the game happened. Cal could not generate any sort of of offense with a banged up offensive line, a third string quarterback, um, and just in an an environment that was rocking. I mean, give credit to the Utah fan base for, for showing out. And then Tyler Huntley and Zach Moss made the plays that they needed to. I thought the Cal defense did a solid job in the first quarter as a whole, um, containing to a good extent. But it was only like a really a matter of time. And yeah. you know, you you hate to see the Cal defense lose that streak. But if there was a game that like they were bound to do so, it was this one on paper. So what streak um, was that? Just for yeah, our audience? 13 games in a row having not allowed 24 or more points. Yeah, um, that ended by halftime. Actually, I mean the youth were up 28-0, and, and a lot of our speed riders are like. Do we, not, do we have to see the second half? Because at this point, it's like <laughs> yeah. no matter who, like, like what you try, it's it's, it's the same cycle. Uh, Cal goes three and out, and Utah marches down the field. So, yeah, um, I don't blame Spencer Brash at all for the performance. I mean, it's a tough, you know, it's a tough circumstances to go through. It's yeah, so. pretty much
2: the worst situation you can be thrown into, playing one of the best defenses in the country with half your line missing, half your receiver group missing, <laughs> and an incompetent offensive coordinator. So, <laughs> yeah, I
1: mean, so Kakoa Crawford, Jeremiah Hawkins and Ricky Walker III did not make the trip. So, you had Ben Skinner who had seen the field only one time in 2018, a couple of times earlier this season, starting for Nico Armegio who was only on the flight. He was banged up too for punt returns. He was only like the emergency type of guy because Jeremiah Hawkins is backup um, who who feels kick returns, or punt returns, was not with the team. So you got Ben Skinner, Trayvon Clark, and Jordan Duncan virtually playing as much as they could with Makai Polk sprinkled in a little bit. At one point, the craziest, like, the most exciting part of the first half for us was after a drive, when, Cal, when Utah scores, kicks off to, to Cal, and the Bears come out, and you see Ashton Davis lining up in the slot, and all of us just kind of jump oh, up, we're really like, like, no way, like, what's about to happen? And then Brash takes a shot for Davis, which was exciting, but it just goes in, to show how desperate
0: the situation In the tightest was. double coverage yeah, yeah. that you've <laughs> ever seen I
1: think life. he made up his mind, he's going to take, if Davis is out here for one play, he's going to take that shot, and I don't blame yeah. him, you know?
0: I mean, but... Uh, I mean, I and I can go on for Baldwin for hours and hours and hours, and I think, Shailen, you might touch on it, but, like, I mean, the coaching, once again, just so poor. I mean, there's no excuses. There, uh, We can give a little bit of leeway to the players, but, like, oh, my God, the coaches did nothing to put them in a position to win.
2: Yeah, I think Cal's first offensive drive, like, their first few plays... Was like, decent. Re- yeah, pretty good. Like, I know we were pretty encouraged by Spencer Brash on the first drive, even though the drive ended in a punt. But then after that... There was just nothing opening up at all. He would, Receivers weren't getting open. He had no time to throw. It's pretty much just the worst situation in every facet of the offense. Yeah, so I agree, though, that you can't put too much on Spencer Brash. I mean, I think we're expecting Monster to be back for the next game. But...
1: Yeah, I, I, Monster was out... Reportedly, just like a one game thing. Um, yeah. So I don't, I, I can't elaborate yeah. too much yeah. on it, but one the assumption. Thing. Here's, here's what was interesting, though, is what a couple of the reporters were saying. Even if Devon Monster is fully healthy, at least for that first half, Spencer Brash looked more confident, like at least in terms of escaping the pocket. And Bo Baldwin's offense relies on a mobile quarterback. Spencer Brash looked more mobile and more confident than, than Devon Monster, yeah. did, at least for the first half.
0: You yeah. Know? Yeah. I, the big question mark for me is like, there, there was no. There was no adjustment. It was like they planned for like whatever, the five day, four days of practice that they have. Then they get to the game. They're like, okay, this was, I mean, this is what I saw. Bo Baldwin tells his squad, he's like, okay, guys, if we, if we can't, the first two drives, if we're not successful, we're just, we're just going to go through the motions for the, for the rest of the game. That's what I saw. Like there was no, there was no in-game adjustment. And I know it's hard when you're already down 21, nothing, you know, without even blinking an eye, but Act like you're there to win the game. Like I, I, I've watched a lot of bad Cal teams in the past, but like this is just, I, this is just. It, they it looked to me like they gave up. Like the second half didn't even need to be played because I there was there was no fight.
1: Yeah, well, it is—it is astonishing how the Cal only had two penalties for fifteen yards and zero turnovers. How the output could be that way—it just goes to show how overpowering Utah was. And and I—I'm not gonna do, like I, I agree with you on the point of like the, I didn't see the, the proper adjustments that could have potentially
0: been made. More deep shots on the what, field. like I—I right? I, I think I said this in the second quarter. Like, where's the trick play? Throw the trick plays out. Go for it on fourth down in your own territory. Like, you have nothing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. I might be. I mean, below the, the one. The edge. one. That's
1: no, okay. I think the one. The, the trick play. That, that's a good. That's a good point. I think they were down a couple of playmakers, so that kind of limits some things. But in terms of the fourth down, I think Cal. Cal's identity is the defense, and so I think they have yeah. so much confidence that you. It, it, the Utah's field position in the first half was awful, and it just goes to show how, how confident that that offense is running. Like Utah's offense is running to yeah. go march down the field down Cal's throw. I mean, Cal doesn't get bullied that often. Cal doesn't get blown out that often. And this was the first time that we had seen really in the past like we said, 13 games, that an offense was the superior over Cal. Even when Cal lost a few games last year against Washington State, um, Stanford, I just felt like Cal's defense set the edge and it did everything it was supposed to do to keep the team in the game. And this was the first circumstance where it was offense and defense implode, and that's the result.
2: Yeah, normally I give Cal's defense the benefit of the doubt just because they have to be on the field so much. But I think this is the first game, maybe also Oregon a little, but I think this is the first game where the defense actually got outplayed. I mean, actually, no, the defense played well at Oregon. But this game, Utah just... They even if Cal put some points on the board, Utah would have won this game. I mean, yeah. Cal's defense did not perform like it normally does, and obviously the Cal offense did not help them out in terms of keeping them off the field. The Cal, if you want the Cal drive chart, it's punt, 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 punt. <laughs> halftime, punt, <laughs> punt, 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 punt. So. Utah had five consecutive drives with a touchdown, mostly in the second quarter. So, yeah, I mean. right.
1: It, it was six. Utah had six consecutive third down com, com, like conversions um, in the second quarter alone. I mean, that that in itself was the story. Um, Tyler Huntley came into the game questionable and was clearly not one hundred percent. The fact that he was still able to bully it, like like just lead an offense that was bullies, that, was that right effective word. was that effective against cal defense leads me and this is sort of like a tangent i do not want to talk about utah a little bit yeah leads me to believe that utah is better
2: than oregon in my opinion right
0: that, now that's what i was gonna i say. think
1: utah is the best team in the Pac 12 right I now i
0: agree bro
2: um, oh, i agree i think oregon's better but i'm yeah, hoping yeah. for a matchup in, yeah uh, well yeah pack 12 champions that's really the matchup
0: money. we want to see at yeah, this point for sure i always want to go back to the coaching Because I I just, I I don't... And Josh, maybe you can attest to this because I'm not attuned to my Cal Bears uh, history as you are. (laughs) Um, This coaching staff, to me, lacks intensity and they lack taking risks. You know, like... And it it was the exact same thing with Oregon State. You know your you have what resources you have going into it and like resources I'm t- i like that i'm tired with saying kakoa crawford's injured right because he made one catch against uc davis who, who cares what that guy can do right like worry about what the pieces that you have now confuse your confuse your opponents it's it's so strange to me and i i, I question what they're doing in the week up to oregon State in the week up to utah i get it they're good teams but there's just there's zero ounce like there wasn't one moment in the Oregon State game or one moment in the Utah game where I thought we would win. I I don't and and is this a, is this a trend with just Wilcox's? Staff well, one or? thing one, one thing I did want to agree with you on and to point out was a
1: lot of people and I like I like how you brought up the coaching and the resources because yeah. a lot of people are going to say this season was gone the moment Chase Garbers got hurt. What's important is that that not that Chase Garbers got hurt that happens injuries happen. How they adjust to that, yeah, which is which is what you're bringing up and I agree yeah. with that point in that. Nothing has been productive. They've gone 0-4 since the Garbers' injury, right? And to, to an extent that this Cal team was ranked fifteen in the nation, even if your starting quarterback gets hurt, you're not going to go 0-4, especially especially against like with the loss against Oregon State. You're going to be competitive in the, these other games. Yeah. So um, going back to what you originally said, I mean, Sonny Dykes had bad pr but he was an exciting coach he um offensively you can dial up those more trick plays and and with with the defense that cal has maybe you can dial up some more aggressive style defensively but then you can sometimes get burned because of that with this team itself it's definitely it's a little bit harder to dial up those trick plays and, yeah. and to take more shots with that said i still agree with you in saying that why yeah. not there's got nothing
0: to lose at this exactly point, which is fine yeah. devoid of creativity from the coaching staff.
2: Yeah, you know? and I don't think Wilcox gets a pass this season. I think he did yeah. last season, but his decision to keep everyone in-house and just make different coaches coaches of different Shuffle things. Line. Yeah, it makes no sense. So, no. He, I mean, you can't... Like, you can put the... Obviously... The offense's lack of production goes on Baldwin, but it can also go on Wilcox now because he made the decision to keep them. And yeah. people are calling for Wilcox's head, which I do not agree with at all. No. But, I mean, if he doesn't clear the offensive staff out after this season that's automatically no hope for me for next season. I agree. I think part I of the reason part of the reason why
1: fans are particularly exasperated right now is knowing that Cal had this defense for 2 years and they almost they basically went nowhere. Yeah. That's the thing that's the part that's really infuriating alumni and fans is the fact that Evan Weaver is like without a doubt like okay, it's competitive obviously, but top linebacker in the nation. Yeah. You have a secondary that has three potentially four NFL draft picks. Yeah. Um and you still, like, you can't, like, break 500. I don't know if Cal's going to break 500 this season, but what what my point is, yeah. you can't break 500 with that type of a defensive firepower. That's wasting that talent. And then they a great opportunity that Jared Goff missed out on with Sonny Dyke. So there yes. are the similarities on that front.
0: It's just one of those things, man. Maybe Cal's cursed. Yeah. I mean, I, and I, I gave you, sh- or I can continue to give you sh- for you saying that, but like, dude, I, I, I'm, I'm starting to agree. I'm starting to think that Cal curse cursed because like, this is just insane. It's almost like they just allow it to happen too. Like, they're just like, okay, this is what we do. This is, this is us. We're
1: you here. You
2: want to go back to the fall off the cliff thing? You like going back to that? Yeah, I do. I mean, it's happening. We're at the bottom of the cliff now, probably just in the canyon, but just floating. Hopefully there was a river. It might've been dried up and just splattered <laughs> <laughs> I mean I came obviously you guys all know I predicted eight and four for the season obviously that didn't account for the Garbers injury but um, now I don't even know if a bowl game is in the future I mean I think Cal can pull out two more wins but I mean it's a big if
0: Uh, let's talk to the Utah native. Her name's Emily, and uh, her, bike, her bike just broke down on the way over here, so she's in a good mood. And uh, let's, let's talk about uh, let's talk about how her hometown put a beating on her uh, on her current college.
3: Well, I wasn't expecting much. I mean, I guess I wanted my plea to go through desperately to the football gods, but. They haven't been listening to me lately. That's why my bike broke down, I'm sure. They're like, oh, cow loses, like, gets, like, smacked, and your bike gets to break. So, i <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just kidding. It was, um, I got to see my family. I got to hang out with them for, like, 28 hours, which was awesome. <laughs> I got wow. to see my dog. Um, but the game itself was just really cemented my hatred for the University of Utah, unabashedly now this time, like... The fans in the it's like a Utah thing, I guess, to have weird posters at every sporting event. I did it when I was little at the jazz games. I had this one incredible poster of Andre Karolinko hoarding holding an AK forty seven, shooting basketballs into the net. Wow. Because his number was forty seven. I and think you would like, have been cancelled if you did that. <laughs> I know. And then I season. thought about that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, what a strange <laughs> time we live in these days. So anyway, it's a it's a Utah thing, and the posters that people were holding up in the stands were just weird. Like someone, drive your
4: Prius back to yeah, California. That was one of them. I my mean, telling Yeah, good.
3: it makes no sense.
4: You know, we own those liberals oh, with their yeah. Prius car, driving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
3: They had one flag that was like beat Cal, like a flag, like an actual banner uh-huh. thing that they got made for this game. Like they weren't gonna beat us. I thought that was cool, honestly. No, I was offended. I hate, I really hate when teams and fans that know they're going to win rub it in. And that is, that's the Utah way, Mm -hmm. folks. But it was so fun to tailgate. I really wish Cal had tailgating. I got to hang out with some of the listeners of this podcast, I guess. So it was great to see them. They were all nice about the loss, at least, unlike... The rest of the student section and everyone else. Wow. Yeah. There's also a poster that said Cal and then you, like the University of Utah, you suck at the bottom. And That's that just sent me mixed, <laughs> mixed.
0: So
1: there was that stuff. one and there was just Cal sucks on Then the Cal world. sucks. Oh, nice.
3: And every time they creative. put the, the, the camera went to the student section, all the men would take their shirts off. It wow. was freezing, and I don't know why they felt the need to do that
0: but so annoying. Anyway. Anything about the game?
3: The game, it's... (laughs) Oh, God. I don't want to talk about this ever again. Basically, the whole front row of the press box was, like, visiting media members, so everybody from Cal on media, and then the back row was all Utah fans, so every time... The many touchdowns, you know, the many, many very long, almost 100-yard drives that they had like, it'd just be many heavy sighs from the front row and lots of cheering from the back. But it was uh, hard to watch, needless to say. Really made me completely lose hope in this football team for the rest of the season, I feel like. And I never thought that objectively. I would, Objectively, sorry. <laughs> I have no stake in this. Like, there was really nothing promising that I saw. I think it was bad coaching. It was bad... Playing this time I think was the biggest difference was that they just none of the players could make anything happen Obviously on offense and even the defense was Completely yeah, you know permeable it was like they weren't even there
0: just a permeable day all around porous just a porous day <laughs> yeah,
2: I think once again the only bright spot is Evan Weaver like always yeah Um, And his partner coin dang pretty well too. 16 tackles He's career, career high career high He's yeah. a tank both Short of them, career. yeah.
0: Both of them. Producer Michael is uh, is the is wanting corner. to, yeah. 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 Russ Bits. Bits, one of the, our weekly columnist slash podcast producer, has some things to say about Cal football.
4: So at uh, this weekend, I was I was watching the game, and uh, it reminded me a lot of my sex life. No. Oh god. Um, Cal's defense was a lot like my virginity in high school kind of open for anyone's taking Um, and like the the safeties looked sort of like I did at like prom just like confused and not really sure where to go or what to do or just in general how to like live Um, but what really struck me about this was Bo Baldwin's play calling was a lot like sex with my ex-girlfriend it was the same three moves until we gave up about five minutes in (laughs) Son. so um yeah so that was that was nice it was it was Son. it was it was nice um, my family lives in this oh my god oh <laughs> no um, to emily's family um <laughs> please know that uh, my sex life is just terrible it's uh, <laughs> it's not going it anywhere. hasn't gotten any better yeah if you, if you know anyone uh, please yeah please <laughs> send please, please, <laughs> <throw> them <laughs> my <laughs> way anyone throw the mic uh, up, alive please. not alive doesn't matter take uh,
0: that out jesus <laughs> christ Find yourself we so yeah uh, find yourself a better comedy writer than Michael Brust is all I'm saying. Um, that, was, that was good, Michael. Thanks, man. I like that. Um, so so I kind of want I had some more questions about your sex life um, okay. if we no, I'm just kidding. Um,
1: just to change things up. Just to a little
0: change little things bit? up. No I, I have uh, nothing else to say. We out? We out of here? Sure. All right.
4: Hi, producer Michael Brust here, Uh, welcome to part two of our One Golden Moment podcast. On this part, we'll be previewing our game against Washington State, and I'll pass it over to two of my favorite beat writers here at The Daily Californian, Shaylin and Josh. Take it away. Alright, awesome. Well, thank you so much, Michael. We're really excited for
1: this week. Um, Having the bye week for both teams should mean that a couple extra bodies are back for both sides, so it should be a pretty competitive contest. Um, you know Washington State just a little bit of background on them um, and then Shayla and I will get into the specifics of the matchup uh, the Cougars are currently 1-4 in conference play 4-4 four four overall really struggled to open up Pac-12 play as a whole but I think the biggest note for myself is the last time that Cal played and they got blown out by Utah 35-0 and the last time Washington State played was on the road at Oregon and they were one Justin Herbert drive away from really taking out that team and handing them their first conference loss of the year so uh, on paper, they look identical, but it, it's safe to say that both teams are turning in different directions, if um, that makes sense.
2: Yeah, I was really impressed by Washington State, watching the Oregon game. Um, I was streaming it and couldn't get it in English, so I was watching the whole game. <laughs> Spanish. And, I mean, they, they, they had Oregon, and if, it, if Oregon didn't have Justin Herbert, they would have lost that game, in my opinion, and, um, like, their offense is just ridiculous right now. I mean, Anthony Gordon, I think he had like five passes or something coming into the season. Yeah, like so
1: he, he's a senior, but he's been around for a while sitting as the back of waiting for his chance. And like you said, he had no experience before. Now he's the next the next protege in the Mike Leach school of quarterbacking, as I like to say.
2: Yeah, leads the nation in passing touchdowns and passing yards, and it's not even really close. And that can be attributed to uh, the air raid offense, the infamous air raid that Mike Leach has been implementing for pretty much his entire career. But um, the Cal secondary is going to get some work this weekend.
1: Yeah, I'm extremely excited to see what happens uh, in terms of the, the, the Wazoo offense against the Cal defense. You know, we talk about just the, the sheer like numbers that Washington State's offense has produced, but just specifically, um, they throw the ball, as many of you may know, 75 to 80 percent of their plays and run the ball the rest of the time, you know, The rest, you know, Max Borgie's a good running back, but he's more utilized as that Austin Eckler type guy because he's not really needed in in the scheme. He's just um, another outlet for Gordon to hit. And, um, you know, it's worth mentioning that eight eight different receivers on Washington State's depth chart have more receiving yards than Cal's top receiver, which... um, is really just kind of sad to think about but it also just it really illuminates the way Washington State runs its team which is which mirrors that of the old Cal offense from 2016 with Davis Webb um, throwing the ball a ton and and trying to dominate time and possession in terms of just just take the ball and run with it so their defense has struggled this year a little bit they had to, their defensive coordinator step down early last month which has really kept Wazoo from being a competitive team in the north this season as they were last year but I still think that just the momentum that this team had—and I hate to use that word—but like it's true, the fact that they were a one drive away from taking out Oregon just goes to show how, like, how polished this team is, even if they stand in you know fifth, sixth place in the in the North right now.
2: Yeah, like you were saying, um, in my preview, I was researching this, and Washington State only has 16.4 percent of its yards. Uh, on the ground so I'm interested to see I mean obviously we know how good the Cal secondary is but uh, Evan Weaver he doesn't have many weaknesses but in my opinion one of his weaknesses is his lateral movement kind of running side to side Mm -hmm. on the field he gets um, I mean he doesn't have top-end speed that like people like to call him a traditional or throwback linebacker so I mean Washington State is all about their offense is all about misdirection getting running backs one-on-one with linebackers so Mm -hmm. It's going to be very interesting to see how the Cal defense matches up with the air raid offense. Yeah, I'm interested in seeing how aggressive
1: um, GA and, and Tim DeRuiter play it. Um, a lot of the times they're gonna have to have either Jalen Hawkins or Ashton Davis acting as a spy for Max Borgie and um Esau Winston Jr. is gonna give Cam Bynum a handful I know that Bynum is looking for a bounce back effort after a couple uh tough matchups the last few weeks so um that should that should be fun to watch
2: um on the flip side um I don't know if you want to add anything else about the Wazoo offense for me uh just one last thing I've like one of their strengths by far is their O line. It makes oh, yeah. everything click, and they only allowed one sack against Oregon, and that's a good Oregon D line. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. I mean, a lot of people probably watched this game. It was late night, but UCLA. against UCLA, yes. Anthony Gordon throwing. It looked like he was just practicing because he wouldn't have to even move his feet. He would drop back in the pocket and just stand there and wait for someone to get open. Yeah, I, I or, was just thinking about that too. <laughs> that yeah. that game. Yeah, there were times he had like eight seconds to throw, and if. If Cameron Good and Luke Beckett and Tevin Paul and these guys can't get pressure, it's going to be a nightmare for the secondary because they're not going to be able to cover for that long, especially if the offense, Cal's offense, which we're about to get to, can't move the ball, the defense is going to get exhausted quickly. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's a big point. I mean, we saw against Utah just the overpowering.
1: Like, obviously, Utah is going to rely on the run heavily versus Washington State's scheme is very different relying on the pass. But in the same tone... Um, you know, possessing the ball, running it down the defense, or throwing the ball down the defense's throat—I don't know if that makes any sense—but being able to possess the ball and and keep it away from the opponent's offense just kind of tires the Cal defense. And I think that's the the script that teams are looking for um, throughout the rest of the season. Um, The Cal offense as a whole is going is going to need to score points. I mean, Washington State's offense—it's not going to get shut out, not by any means. So. Cal's offense is going to need to score points, which it honestly hasn't over the past few weeks. Um, Chase Garbers is not on the depth chart, so he will not be returning at least this week, um, although there's optimism that he could be coming coming back later this month. Um, so it really comes down to, you know, option one, Devon Monster, who was the transfer who wasn't that far behind Chase Garbers at the beginning of the spring, um, and Spencer Brash, the, the true freshman who has shown, has shown, you know, he's shown resilience throughout, like, the tough circumstances that he's faced, and um, you know, has a bigger future than Monster, at least, at least here. So those are the two options that are being weighed currently um, by the Cal coaching staff in practice. My guess is that Brash is going to actually start with, with with a very short leash, and that Monster is available to go, but. I think Cal coaches, especially with the four-game redshirt rule, are intrigued by what they're seeing from Brash and would rather develop um, a more long-term project than try and,
2: you know, give a couple reps to a guy that's going to get replaced in two weeks anyways. If that when makes sense. When you say when you say a short leash, how short of a leash are you talking? Like, if we go three and out. Three I, I, straight turn up, turnovers. Okay, like that's that
1: that's the thing that stands out to me is if if Brash protects the ball, uh, in the Washington State secondary, I talked to the editor of their paper. That's their biggest weakness, so I think if Brash is able to protect the ball and and generate some sort of rhythm, whether it's points or not, I think there's no reason to take him out at that point. If he starts turning the ball over, that's a different scenario.
2: I agree, yeah. I mean, there's been many times, even with Monster, though, where you see their inexperience because there's times they take sacks where they could have easily thrown the ball away, and just small things like that that end up forcing a lot more punts. So, mm-hmm. I mean, that's definitely going to be something to look at. Baldwin said both quarterbacks are getting first-team reps. I don't know how they're splitting them. I mean, practice has mm-hmm. been closed. Right. But I'd assume it's pretty close to—I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't say exactly 50-50 because Wilcox hinted that they know who the starter's going to be. Mm-hmm. They're just not going to announce it, I'm assuming, till probably Saturday. Yeah. I agree. I mean, I, I think it'll be interesting. So this is about two weeks
1: or two weeks, two hours before uh, the final like open media session of the week. So maybe we'll get more word in a few hours. But as of the this the the time of this recording right now, um, it really is up in the air, depending on um, you know who who's going to start. What we do know is that. You know, the, the able bodies are going to be Trayvon Clark, Jordan Duncan, um, Ben Skinner, as we saw a lot of um, in the Utah game. Still, still waiting confirmation on Kakoa Crawford's status, which is something that everybody's been wondering really for a month. Um, Jeremiah Hawkins and Ricky Walker Nico um, Ramejo Nico yeah they've all been banged up recently so um, we're hopeful that the bye week has hopefully freed up some more options at receiver and then the biggest one I think in my opinion is Mike Safel at center um, it yeah. sounds like he's going to be able to go which is a great thing being able to move Matt Sindrick back to the guard position yeah that'd be huge um, and just having Safel's presence on the line um, I think will make a big difference this weekend whether cal wins or not
2: mm-hmm. anything you want to talk about about the washington state defense i mean to me there's not really any like standout players and by that i mean like yeah, anyone yeah, yeah. who would be in contention for like an all-conference definitely. award. definitely
1: J- jihad day. woods has been fantastic this season he's been a leader in that locker room for a while um i will say that washington state has had trouble with cal over the past two couple of seasons um whether that's just Justin Wilcox having a defensive mindset against this this offensive-oriented team and just being able to have a game plan and just play that chess game, um, which which is which is pretty cool. Um, but Jihad Woods, uh, middle linebacker, is uh, forced to be reckoned with. Has 79 tackles this season, um, a couple sacks. He was the main, um, you know, faced like face of that defense that was mentioned Um, the secondary is is the team's weakness but it has started to come around a little bit in recent weeks Um, and we're definitely excited because this is a test for the rest of the season not just this game to see what Cal's offense whether they get to a bowl game or not can accomplish you know knowing that this could be it for Bo Baldwin this could be it for a lot of um, members of this offensive staff just knowing the way that they performed and and that this is the third year they see the third time's the charm you give them three years to kind of figure it out and um, so far, they haven't. So I think this, this four-game
2: stretch is big, not just for the season, but for the future of the program, if that makes sense. I agree. Yeah, And but I think, I mean, the thing that sucks is you can't even look too much into the defensive statistics because Cal fans saw against Oregon State, who had terrible defensive statistics, mm-hmm. and Cal could still not really move the ball at all mm-hmm. besides a couple drives. Mm-hmm. and and USC USC and Stanford defenses
1: are are they're, they're not much better but they are better than Washington State so this is a good benchmark especially after the second bye week knowing that four straight conference games in the year you know you need two to get into a postseason game and who knows when Chase Garber is gonna come back um, big test for the offense this week against a a, <laughs> a, a a defense that hasn't probably performed as well as many expected this year yeah so. and this
2: is um this is not really a big game in the scope of the conference or nation whatsoever, but it's a big game for both the teams. They have identical overall and conference records right now. Both are in contention for a bowl game, but like neither a guaranteed one. So, I mean, there's a lot to look at for this game. Also, yeah. something to be noted, I don't know if you mentioned it, but Washington State has not won an away conference game yet. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know how Cal's home field advantage is going to be. It's not <laughs> it hasn't always been great. <laughs> it's not been
1: great. Um, yeah, my, my, my take going into this is the winner of this game will be making a bowl game and the loser will not. Um, that's my take on it based off of just the rest of the schedule and, and the way these teams have been trending. Because Washington State's doing some good things, but a loss to Cal would be a knife, especially with Washington and the Apple Cup weighing the wings. So... Um, there's just so much, like, like it, it seems like there's not a, a lot of that at stake, but we like to make a lot at stake because of the implications um, for the future and postseason play. Because you want to send these seniors out, on the Cal's defense in particular, with an extra postseason game. And unlike, you know, Bryce Love and, and Christian McCaffrey and these guys, they're not going to be sitting that game out. I, I know yeah, that for exactly. a fact. Yeah. All right, that's so I had uh, my score prediction for this Saturday. I think it'll, it'll be a defensive first half. And then in the second half, it really is going to be who... Has a who opens the second half well? Uh, whether it's just like an extra turnover, an extra an extra play here or there um, in the third quarter, it's going to make the difference. Um, I got to go with Washington State, 23-17, uh, about a one-score game, which is what we've seen kind of in Cal's home losses of late. Is um, just not quite enough offense to spell a, a pretty good defensive effort again, um, and it's going to be a tough one for the defense this this weekend. But I'm not worried about Cal's defense um, if that makes sense against this offense. It's more of just the, the faith in the offense can't be to isn't to the point where I can say yeah Cal's gonna win this game it's at home and
2: um and all that so if that makes sense yeah we have pretty similar score predictions I said 26-17 um again it does go back to the Cal offense I just I think it'll be very similar to a couple of games this season where there's like one good quarter maybe where they put up two touchdowns but then I think Washington State's might run away with it if they don't early. I think it's gonna be one of those games where it's kind of just like punt, 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 right, punt right. on both sides for the first couple, like quarter, quarter and a half. But um, I think Washington State's gonna run out, run away with it at the end. Uh, not necessarily run away. I think it'll be a close game. I mean. Cal knows they're in desperation mode. Mm-hmm. I mean all the players know mm-hmm. that, the coaches know that. And like you mentioned, the seniors are gonna be mm-hmm. playing their hearts out because I mean this season has just took a downturn and this is kind of like a last ditch effort to save uh-huh. it.
1: I think I think Cal's one path to victory, and, and I'm thinking back to two years ago when Washington State and Cal last played is just gonna be a ton of forced turnovers. I mean, we talked about how strong and solid Washington State's offensive line is, and um, it's going to be a huge test for the secondary to hang with all six, seven, eight of these receivers that Washington State has. Um, they're going to have to make a few plays in order to to give the offense a chance. And it feels um, like
2: it feels like that's been waiting to happen. It's just waiting there to happen. There hasn't been a game yet I think, where
1: well, Cal's do, Cal's do. I agree. Like yeah.
2: they're they're called the takers for a reason, but this year's just been the complete mm-hmm. opposite. Instead mm-hmm. of forcing turnover. Like in terms of forcing turnovers yeah, 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 yeah. compared to last season. Yeah, I mean, like you, like you said it. the The pace
1: is the pace is well off of last seasons, and it, even even if it wasn't like off of last seasons, like they're below average. Cal's interception total is tied for the worst in the Pac twelve. Like one year after being tied for second most in the nation, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't make a lot of sense because all these guys are the same guys. It just happens to be that maybe teams are scheming differently or some bad luck at the same time.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think another year of other teams knowing how DeRuiter and Wilcox run their defense it doesn't necessarily make it easier for them to score but they can limit their mistakes having that much film and having played the team before and you can kind of see that and Wilcox like people have asked him many times about the like decrease in turnovers and he says like a lot of it's just luck right. I mean like I less tip balls you know people just there's no, there's no way to like put a reason to why there's less interceptions than mm-hmm. last year but it does feel like there, there will be a game that Cal does, you know, grab three interceptions, right. and it, this could be the time because they throw so much. Anthony Gordon is a great quarterback, but he does get a little trigger happy sometimes, and we'll just kind of mm-hmm. launch it. So yeah. we'll see.
1: Whether, whether it's against Wazoo or Stanford or, or, or USC or Stanford, I'm, I'm confident that, that turnover game, per se, and like when the, when the secondary kind of has its moment, it will happen. Um, obviously, like, we've been saying that for, like, the past month, but I, I genuinely believe that, like, this group, like, GA always tells them, like, you're the tone setters. This team goes with how we go. I think there's going to be a game this month where that happens. It may not be this weekend, but it, it's going to happen.
2: Anything else you want to talk about? I just, uh,
1: my, my final point is I um, wanted to shout out Michael Brust. Happy birthday, 21st birthday today. He's in the lab with us. Um, instead of out celebrating so hopefully he gets to God bless. enjoy yeah. enjoy later tonight but um, that's all we got for now I'd say uh, kick at
2: 4pm it should be a, a fun a fun time regardless of how it goes so we're excited for it we'll be back next week with a recap um, should have the full crew that time we don't have for this second half of the podcast Emily and Spencer are both busy but they'll be back next week Mm-hmm.
4: Thanks to Josh and Shaylin for their expert analysis. That's it for us from this week. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Daily Cal Sports and at The Daily Cal. If you're interested in reading any of our great articles, not just about football, but about sports in general, you can find us at dailycalorg section slash sports. You can follow us on Instagram at Daily Cal, and you can find us on Facebook at The Daily Californian. Uh, I'm Michael Brust, and thank you for listening to another One Golden Moment.